Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. We bring in my dear, dear friend and a colleague in the Trump administration and the um, smartest political analyst I know, one Kellyanne Conway, who has a book, a great book. It's called Here's the Deal, a memoir. You ought to read the book, folks, because you'll get a lot of good insights on the goods and the bads and someplace in between inside the Trump administration. And um, Kellyanne, my love, by the way, your uh, contribution to that video was wonderful. I mean, you were, you're so great. You're just so great. Thank you, Larry. And congratulations <laughs> again on quite an honor. I was at the Reagan Library two weeks before you, so I consider myself your warm-up band. <laughs> but you were the main attraction, and that's a richly deserved honor because you are the man who keeps us all smart and engaged on the fight for freedom, free markets, but really just freedom. That's what this is about. And I think that's what these midterms are about. Freedom. The, the Democrats want you to believe that it's freedom through January 6th and abortion and climate and one or two other things. But people out there are saying, excuse me, it's rising cost and rising crime and the inability to feel secure and safe, whether that is economically or physically. I have never seen a less complicated, more straightforward issue set in the decades you and I have been doing this. Mm. So people who are trying to complicate the issue set are doing so because they don't have a good answer and they don't have support among the public for their policies with respect to the economy and crime. And I'll throw one more in there, Larry, Mm. education. Mm -hmm. I think education is a big issue this time because for the first time in decades, the Republican and Democratic parties are tied, just about tied on the question of which party do you trust more? to handle education. We know what happened. The Republicans gained an advantage over the Democrats who used to beat us by 18, 20 points on education because screen time is school time, our kitchen islands as classrooms, these kids and the lost learning, the mental health challenges that they're reporting, Gen Z is reporting to pollsters. And they know which party, these parents know which party. It disagrees with parents' fundamental right to say where their children go to school and what is taught there. And they also know which party thought the kids should be out of, off the campuses and out of the classrooms just a little too long. Larry, we need to take this opportunity to broaden and deepen the conversation and show the contrast between the parties with respect to charter schools, school choice, educational freedom, opportunity scholarships. I met Cory Booker decades ago hmm. through a mutual friend at a school choice charter school event. He hasn't been for that in years. You hmm. can't find a single federal Democrat who's making joyful noises about getting these kids out of these failing schools and accessing a quality, affordable education worthy of their humanity and dignity. So I think Kevin McCarthy's commitment to America hits it. A nation that is strong, an economy that is strong, a nation that is safe, a future that is free, and a government that is accountable. Folks, check it out. This is a commitment to America, commitment to you, 500 words, two sides. Newt Gingrich and I were helping them with the messaging last week. I think they're doing a fantastic job. Because you run and you win, exposing the other side and spent, spending trillions of dollars of money we don't have on things we don't need, looking the other way when criminals are running our cities and our suburbs now, Larry, and 
You also do it by having an affirmative, accessible, positive, doable set of principles and policies. And that's what they're trying to do with the commitment to America. I think, you know, I really agree. I had Kevin McCarthy on um, Monday, I guess. The thing was put out Friday. And I liked it very much. And just on this point, I mean, I would think the uh, parental involvement, the parental revolution in schools is um, like a national wave. We saw it with with Glenn Youngkin originally when he won for governor. I mean, Terry McAuliffe was a stand-in for Biden and the teachers' union and the unions of these boards of education. And Youngkin took the side of the parents and swept and I would reckon that this is going to be a huge issue. You know, there may be underreporting a lot of poll. A lot of people are afraid to tell pollsters or whoever what they really believe in because they're afraid the FBI will come and take their cell phone away. But I think this is a big underlying issue, this parental movement in the schools and, uh, and for their children. Larry, I've got four teenagers and they're all in school, obviously. Let me tell you something. We're not an, parents are not an interest group. They're not some demographic uh, demographic uh, cohort to be sliced and diced and analyzed. We're parents. <laughs> We're, mm. It's impervious to politics. Mm. We're always parents. And you have so many more people running for school board now. Do you realize school board positions are the most elected position in our country at the local level? A lot of, a lot of things are appointed. The most elected position, you see people just jumping off the sidelines, Larry Cudlow, to run, to actually put their name on the ballot mm. and run for office. And look, I'm the first one to also tell our friends on the right, CRT, of course, that's a disaster. Critical race theory, this one's easy, though. We should teach our children to love America and each other, not to hate America and each other. But if you only talk about CRT and masking up kids, you're missing the opportunity to broaden and deepen the conversation and tap into what is continues to be the parents' rights movement. Now it's moving on to the curriculum. I think the Democrats and the liberals and the unions and their office holders who do their bidding and take their money and their endorsements, I think they've made a grievous error in not sort of not sort of moving on, getting those kids back in the classroom on the campuses, Larry, and then just letting the kids learn again. All, what did they do? They went to the sex curriculum. Mm. They're, they're letting kids have surgeries without their parents knowing it's been reported. So they continue to make no sense to the average American. Last point on this. What Youngkin did a year ago was remarkable and revolutionary in New Jersey. Excuse me, in Virginia. And it should have been done in New Jersey. It should have really came close. But Youngkin also, um, he accepted Trump's endorsement. Mm-hmm. Trump did a, town, a, a, a big teletown hall for him telling his voters, please vote for Glenn Youngkin. He's, he's running on America first. But guess what Terry McAuliffe said? Terry McAuliffe ran on Trump and abortion. Does that sound familiar to you? That's what the Democrats are trying to do now. Mm -hmm. Trump and abortion. Terry McAuliffe tried that a year ago, and Youngkin's response was Virginia and education. Mm -hmm. And that's a good cautionary tale and good direction for, you know, for the public looking at this. The other thing is, you know, you're talking about the undercounting in polls. I, I think that's an issue. I think it's a little bit overstated by people trying to explain why some of their polls maybe aren't that good. But let me just say this. you got to ask people the questions to make them feel comfortable to give you the response. So if you word the questions in a way where people feel maybe the FBI is listening, maybe my kid won't get a seat in college or I'll get fired from my job, it's not worth it, I'm just going to take a pass, that's true. But I think more fundamental than the art part of these polls is the science part. These polls routinely undercount and underestimate the strength of the Trump-Pence voter. And if you look after 2016 and 2020, 
you had Democratic pollsters and media pollsters getting it wrong and saying, oopsies, sorry, we'll do better next time. Nobody loses their job over it. And they did. They got it wrong after 2016. They got it wrong after 2020 with two different presidential outcomes. And the reason I'm saying this to you is it happens in the Senate races as well, which is what we're about to see. I think a lot of our candidates are doing much better than the polls suggest mm. because of this undercounting science, science, the science part. Mm. They're undercounting independents who are aligned with Republican ideals. You know, just quickly, in 2020, Tom Tillis, North Carolina, Joni Ernst, Iowa, Susan Collins, Maine, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, Steve Daines, Montana, all Republican U.S. senators, all were losing, according to the average of polls, outside of the margin of error. They were all losing. There was not a single public poll that showed Susan Collins winning. She won by nine points, Larry, not a squeaker. Mm. Lindsey Graham's opponent, Jamie Harrison, who now is Ronnie McDaniel's um, uh, uh, you know, opponent at the DNC. He runs the DNC. People probably don't even know who he is because he's not that active. He raised $112 million to run against Lindsey Graham. Lindsey beat him by 10 points. Mm. It wasn't close, but the polls had them tied. They had Joe Biden winning Florida. He lost. They had Joe Biden winning Wisconsin and Michigan by double digits. He barely won. They had uh, Joe Biden and Trump tied in Ohio and Iowa. Trump won each state by eight points. So these polls undercount. And it is true. Some people don't want to don't want to be in the polls. But you have to wait when you're a pollster, as I am. I don't know a billion things about many things. I know polls. You have to wait, W-A-I-T, to fill all those quotas. You don't wait them, W-E-I-G-H-T. You wait to fill those quotas. Then you get an, then you get an honest read from people. So it looks good. I mean, it looks great. I'm reading a couple things. <clears throat> I saw early last week this um, Washington Post ABC News poll with Nate Silver's 538 swing districts. I had swing districts across the country, and they said that the Republicans had a 21-point lead in the aggregate. Uh, in these swing districts, which was remarkable. I mean, that was a real eye-opener. Then I was reading um, National Review ran a story about uh, Trafalgar, uh, what is it, uh, Bob Cahaley, and he's saying this is going to be a, a big Republican sweep too. It's going to be um, much stronger. essentially what you are saying, by the by. But um, when you look into this and you weight it properly and you ask the right questions, it looks uh, like a Republican sweep. So my, I guess my question to you is, particularly in the Senate, um, what you think? I mean, they're all close right now. And to me, if a poll is close now, the GOP candidates sticking to these issues we've been talking about, the economy, inflation, education, open borders, um, crime, and so forth, the Republicans going to win. They're going to win last They're going few to weeks. win, Larry. They're going to win. And especially if those races are not just about the affirmative, doable, actionable message we are talking about here, but also making sure the Democratic nominees, many of whom are incumbents, like in Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, New Hampshire, open seats in Pennsylvania, obviously, and um, I'm sorry, yes, open seats we're defending in, in Pennsylvania and Ohio, for example. Larry, that, those races have to be about the Democrats. You've got to make the right. Democratic candidates eat and own mm. all of the Biden-Harris failings and flailings. I know it's fun and easy to go after Biden and Harris for their um, inability to speak and inspire. I got it. His obvious lack of mental and physical acuity. But guess what? Art of politics is not to tell people what they can see, and everybody can see that. It's to show them what they can't see. Remind people Joe Biden pulled us out of Afghanistan with no plan, no rationale, against the mm. advice of all of his generals, left 
$85 billion of intelligence and equipment within the wingspan of China. What's the point of having the first female vice president of the United States if the women in Afghan are less free now because of her choices? And the list goes on and on. John Fetterman, the issue in Pennsylvania shouldn't be Oz. It should be John Fetterman. In Georgia, it should be Raphael Warnock. In Nevada, Adam Laxalt should be making, and I think he is, making an issue of that. Democratic female senator with the three names and zero accomplishments. You've <laughs> got to make these Democrats eat and own Biden's lack of approval. And, you know, they, they don't want Biden with them. But guess what? They vote with him 98 percent of the time. That's they it. Eat that every single time. Ninety five to 100 percent of the time. They all voted for Biden's mistakes, which, by the way, took a booming economy and turned it into a recession with high inflation in a year, Kelly. In a year, year. he did that. About the same amount of time it takes to have a baby, folks. They turned this this economy the wrong way. Don't forget it. I love that. (laughs) Kelly, I want to go back to just um, the William F. Buckley legacy. Um, One of the things that I talked about uh, in my remarks Thursday night was – you know, Bill Bill was a high Catholic. He was a high church Catholic. All right, you're a Catholic. I know I'm a Catholic convert. Uh, Bill, in fact, wanted me to learn Latin so I could go to the, really the high church <laughs> mass. I said, I don't understand Latin. I'm still working on English. But the point is religion. I, and I, I'm not going to say, I'm just saying religion. Going to church, a temple, mosque. Religion is fundamental. What you learn from religious teachings and values is fundamental to American way of life and the freedom you talked about a few moments ago and to which I completely subscribe. The left hates God. It's right every place you look, the socialist manifestos, the progressives, they love government, but they hate God. And I think that's a Buckley legacy and I think we need to hang on to that. I think we need to hang on to that. And I wanted to get your take on it. Larry, you're spot on. And uh, the great late Bill Buckley, and I'll say Pat Buckley, his wife, who was a force yes. of nature as well as you yes. know. Loved her. Um, Loved they were her. God-fearing, you know, faithful folks mm. who weren't afraid. He was not afraid to weave that into his political commentary and his policy debate. I think the other, and I'm going to talk about religion in a second, I think the other thing that's part of his enduring legacy is very similar to what is said about President Ronald Reagan. Oh, he's a great communicator. Guess what, folks? You can't be a great communicator unless you have something great to communicate. Right. And so they were always focused on the policies, Mm. not the politics, the principles, not the personalities. And we should all remember that because this was the land before time Mm -hmm. when there was no social media There was no texting. You really had to think this through. Let me say something about religion. I've been going around this country quite a bit with the book and giving speeches. And one thing I'm quick to note, because I'm asked about it frequently, is what's going on with Hispanics in America? Mm. Are they really really migrating toward the Republican Party? Now, we have the wonderful Myra Flores, new congresswoman for the Rio Grande Valley area. She's the first Republican to hold that district in 100 years. She's Mexican-born. She's married to a Border Patrol agent. She's a good example of what I'm about to say. Hispanics are aligning more with Republicans now, certainly because of education, certainly because of economic upward mobility, certainly because of homeownership. But guess what? It's also because of religion. Mm. The Democratic Party is outwardly hostile to religiosity, to people who practice religion. And if that's not true, they can come in and come back to us and prove otherwise. They make fun of people clinging to, you know, their guns, their God. Mm -hmm. 
they're this or their religion, Barack Obama famously said when he was running for president. And they're always making fun of people for making the sign of the cross, blessing themselves before they eat in the red MAGA hats, the whole thing. I think it's costing them among Hispanic Americans, if not Asian Americans. Guess what? You and I are Catholic. You go to any suburb in this country on a Sunday, walk into a Catholic church, you will see pews filled with multi-generations of Hispanic Americans and Asian Americans. Yeah. A lot of the whites are out jogging and having brunch. Yes. They're filling up those pews. They want to send their kids to the Catholic schools, and they see in the Democratic Party not just an abortion anyone any time anywhere party, but one that never really embraces people for their faith. And it's the untold story, apart from the obvious education, economy, border security reasons, Hispanics are realigning with Republicans. Mm-hmm. I totally that's that's the way I see it. That was the, the thought. Look, I mean, you're right. Bill Buckley would weave that in to his uh, worldview. You're also right about being great communicator. You've got to have uh, great principles to communicate. Reagan said that in his farewell speech. I thought that was very important. Uh, and Reagan and Buckley, um, you know, that's a very important nexus. But it is amazing to me, Kellyanne, the Democrats, they don't want religion anywhere. Uh, they don't want it in schools. They don't want it in universities. Uh, they don't want any, um, certainly in the public square, they, they want to tear down any religious symbols. I mean, this is a big thing getting worse. But if you go back and look at the history of progressives and socialists, anti-religion, anti-God is always part of it. It's just, it's always there. You read the history of these movements. And um, in America, we don't believe that. I mean, because it also, one last point. Okay. Families, okay. Family unit is the basic unit in a free America. But religion is part of that unit. I'm not going to say which is Jewish, Catholicism, Protestantism, whatever. I'm not making a pitch for a specific religion. But what I am saying is religious values help you determine the difference between right and wrong behavior. That's so crucial. And the Democrats hate that. Larry, it also means there's something bigger than you. Yes. Can we we use a reminder of that these days? By the way, our founders agreed this entire country was founded because we couldn't people could not express and practice their religion mm. the way they wanted to. They came here and so our founders enshrined that in our uh, organizing documents. And may I remind everybody, the separation of church and state was meant to protect the church from the state, not the other way around. Right. That's and, right. That's you know, right. That's, that's very right. subtle, Larry. When yes. you have Democrats, they got the gavel, they're in the majority, Nancy Pelosi's the speaker. When they are passing a, a rule to you have over 200 Democrats voting to take mother, father, brother, sister out of the government document. Mm. What? I mean, right there, that's the priority. Does every mother, father, brother, sister in this country have what they need? Or do they, are, are, they, are they homeless? Are they jobless? Are they, are they, are, do they have food insecurity? We're worried about taking them out of the government document. So if they're willing to take them out of the government document, they're willing to take them out of the public square mm. and out of our schools and our homes too. And, you know, last point on this, you made a very, very essential um, observation, and it's a fact. This is America. We're a pluralistic society. So I like to say if you're in the mosque, the synagogue, mm. the church, the, the Catholic church or the, or, or the evangelical Christian church, it doesn't matter. 
What matters is the question for pollsters to ask is how central is religion to your everyday life choices? And for some, it's essential to their political choices as well. But you have so many pastors and priests afraid to say anything, Mm. afraid to just quote scripture Mm. that somebody may say you're going to lose your funding, you'll be canceled, et cetera. But folks, there are things bigger than us out there, and we need to remember that. And our founders, this, this greatest democracy that's ever been had in the history of the world, was founded on religious freedom is our first freedom. The press thinks freedom of the press is the first. Our freedom of religion was our first freedom. And that also includes people who don't believe. But you can't you can't have office holders and an entire political party um, hostile to that. And they're hostile to that. You know what, Larry? It's subtle, too. They won't even say thoughts and prayers anymore. Do you ever notice that? Mm-hmm. And I'll say thoughts. You have corporate America now saying, our thoughts are with you. They used to say thoughts and prayers. Mm. And a couple of wokesters, mm. you know, uh, two of... 50,000 employees probably said, you can't do that anymore. So they said, okay, we won't do that anymore. Guess what? Our kids could use more hugs, not fewer. We can all use more prayers, not less of it. Yes. We are endowed by our creator with the unalienable (laughs) rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit uh, of happiness. One last point. Um, Buckley Buckley style. I mean, there's only one. There will only be one William F. Buckley. But in our last minute here, he used humor, oftentimes self-deprecating humor, and civility in his arguments. And I think that, too, is a lost art, Kellyanne Conway. Absolutely. It's really about scoring points, playing gotcha, making fun of people, castigating and denigrating them. We have to have conversation. Yes. The, the issues are too great. So that's a great lesson. And that's why, that's why everybody looks to you, Larry. You have <laughs> conversations and you're respectful. Thank you. Kellyanne Conway, I love you to death. You know that. And you are the smartest of the smartest, folks. Go out and buy her book, please. Here's the deal. A memoir. It's great stuff. And she is the smartest. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to prioritygold.com.